1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spaces with Josie. I am Josie, the redheaded libertarian, and your host. Can everybody hear me okay? Go ahead and throw up your emojis. Down there, the heart with the plus sign. Beautiful. All right, awesome. And thank you to everybody streaming live with me on TimCast.com. Thank you for becoming a member and supporting our work. My guest today is Adam Johnson. Adam, welcome.
2: Hey Josie, thanks for having me back on.
1: Absolutely, my pleasure. So can you tell our guests a little bit about who you are and what you are famous for?
2: Uh, So my name's Adam. You might know me as Via Getty or the Poland guy or the election guy or a domestic terrorist if you listen to left-stream news. Um, I'm married for a i am married for 13 years now. I have five sons. Uh, a couple of years ago, visit visited the Capitol, rearrange some furniture without a license to redecorate. went to prison and tell my story to kind of warn
1: people about what to look out for and um, just, you know, to stay vigilant and don't stop speaking. Welcome. Well, I for one know what it's like to take a photo and have that photo completely move culture. So, I, I appreciate what you do. I appreciate who you are as a human, and I uh, thank you for bringing attention to um, things that you know needed to be have attention brought to them. So that was you. Could you tell us a little bit about January six, a little bit about that day, like walk us through that day?
2: Well, it was my first uh, protest or rally that I've ever been to, and it was not really—it's uh, kind of just not really much there were people standing around listening to speeches it wasn't a uh, you know people weren't really angry they weren't shouting or breaking things we just kind of showed up to listen to a speech and then you know it's, it's almost like a fair you know people show up there's people just standing around uh, everyone's kind of dressed you know in trump gear and stuff and Uh, When Trump said we're going to march down to the Capitol peacefully, everyone just started walking down there. It wasn't like a mad rush down to the Capitol. It was just marching
1: down toward the next place where the protest was going on. Okay. So, um, how did you get into the Capitol?
2: Well, by the time I got there, uh, they had already kind of, they would already been all the way up towards the uh, front doors of the west side, Mm -hmm. and people were standing around not doing much there was a point where tear gas was shot out there was a concussion grenade uh shot out as well and forced a lot of people into into police lines so it you know kind of made a lot of people look like they were engaging in a riot but they were literally just being pushed forward by by these munitions and as i'm walking around you know trying not to get tear gas trying not to get maced because these are the tactics they're using i noticed that people are walking inside the building. This is not, you know, people are breaking down doors. There's a door that's wide open, and I just walk right through open doors.
1: So we did see when they released the tapes that protesters, peaceful, peaceful protesters were being tear gassed, Um, and that was, we kind of already all knew what was happening, but it was alarming to see what the government kept from us. Um, So how did you, how did you get the lectern?
2: Well, the lectern was sitting out in the, in the middle of the rotunda. It was under a, a staircase, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of just kind of off to the side. It wasn't inside of someone's office or some room. I didn't break down a door. It was just sitting out in the open. And I'm a guy who takes silly pictures. If you follow me, you will see that constantly. I would make a great prop for a photo. So I picked it up. I moved it about 20, 30 feet, set it down in the middle of the rotunda,
1: gave a short speech, and left it there. So, you know, this is not alarming at all to a normal person, yet they were mad at you. They were mad at you for this. And they, I think what it came down to is your actions humiliated them. It, like, made a joke of them. And the thing about the narcissists that control our country is they don't like being humiliated. And so they wanted to make an example of you. Can you take us through what happened legally?
3: So, um...
2: We knew almost immediately, we as my wife and I, knew almost immediately that I was going to be arrested. We saw it um, on the news, you know, CNN, ABC, everyone saying this guy is a terrorist. It's a 20-year charge for, you know, destruction of property even though I didn't break anything. Um, We hired attorneys immediately, and what happened to us is they charged me a felony theft for moving the furniture. They charge me with a violent entry, even though I walked through open doors, and they charged me with entering and remaining in a restricted building. Now what's interesting about that felony theft charge is they said that because the lectern was valued over $1,000, that that is now felony theft just for moving it. And what's really messed up about this is they actually found the lectern the very next morning. It never left the building, I never stole it. They found it and they wheeled it out. After they found and wheeled it out in the building, they charged me the next day with theft. They even knew they had it, and they still charged me with theft.
1: God, that is so dirty. That is filthy. Um, and so so, uh, did you end up getting, you were charged with these things. What, what did you get uh, convicted of?
2: Uh, we hired attorneys, $100,000 to hire these attorneys. Uh, they are fantastic people, Dan Eckhart and David Bickney. They told me, look, just keep your mouth shut. Do what we ask you to do, and, you know, we'll, we'll get the felony dropped. That's something we can actually get done. So we ended up taking a plea deal. The felony was dropped. One of the misdemeanors was dropped, the violent entry, and I ended up taking one misdemeanor charge. It was entering and remaining in a restricted building. Now, for this, I got 75 days in prison, federal prison. The first 17 days were in isolation. Mm-hmm. I got a $5,000 fine. I had 200 hours of community service, and I had a year of supervised release afterwards, which the courts just ruled, I think it was uh, this this past year, that they cannot actually give me supervised release and a sentence for prison. So that whole year that I spent where I couldn't travel with my family, where I had to stay in the middle district of Florida, where I had to take random drug tests, where I had to check in every single month and have to deal with probation officers coming
1: in and going whenever they please, all of that was not even legally sound. Oh my goodness. Can you, can you sue the government for that?
2: We are working on a handful of things. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're actually, the hardest thing we're having a hard time with is we're trying to find lawyers who will actually work with us, but you know what? I'm, I anyone who's a J sixer knows you're walking around Scarlet letter. Mm-hmm. People don't want to be associated with you. Even the associations with you will make you unhireable.
1: Uh, what about the lawyers that you worked with? Um, are they a different type of lawyer?
2: Uh, they are they are criminal lawyers. So okay. to go after uh, the government for this, I would need a different set of lawyers. And okay. there's retainers with that, and finding, you know, pro bono people who will just take it if they win because hundred thousand dollars for attorneys. We are, you know, we we broke even with that last year, mm-hmm. but we don't have money to throw around like that. We can't just pick fights with the government.
4: Yeah,
1: no, that makes sense. So, so why do you think? I know a lot of people ask you why. You're not in prison for longer, like some people are in prisons for decades. Um, so so why is that? How how would your charges different than some of the ones that were locked up for, for years?
4: A
2: lot of this had to do with Again, the advice of my attorneys and me taking the advice of my attorneys, Mm -hmm. a lot of people who were arrested have been arrested a couple years later. And because they're arrested a couple years later, we're seeing sentence guidelines being pushed further and further towards maximum sentencing. We're seeing extra charges being brought. And people think they can just go to D.C. court and because they're right, you know, they'll win. But you're not going to get a jury of your peers in D.C. These are all things that my attorneys told me day one. They said, the best thing that can happen to you is that you're not a felon at the end of this. And I listened to them because I'm not an attorney. This is not my wheelhouse. Um, one of my attorneys worked for the DOJ and the FBI for almost 10 years. So he knew how these things worked. And, you know, anyone here who is going through anything, if there's any message I can give, it's the same thing over and over again. Listen to your attorneys. I, I shut up. I didn't say anything for a year. I kept my mouth shut. And I listened to my attorneys and that's the reason i'm not in prison a longer time that's the reason they need five ten years because i was just quiet and i i took my legal advice and kept my mouth shut
1: you know i'm a, a revolutionary historian and the more that i hear about dc i just want to tell those stories so john adams represented the redcoats after the boston massacre okay And there were like eight of them that were charged with murder and John Adams, who believed so deeply in um, a jury of your peers and just these principles that he ended up, you know, fighting for with the Declaration of Independence and uh, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, he, he ended up getting six of these red coats off and two of them, instead of being hung, he ended up getting them branded with an M for manslaughter. We are in a worse place now as a country than we were in the years leading up to the Revolutionary War. Even the Redcoats got a jury of their peers, got objective human beings to listen to their side of the story. I mean, and this happened in Boston where there was a, a massacre, where, where there was a massacre over the death of Chris Cedar, who was an 11-year-old boy. Um, so what had happened is Chris Cedar was, was killed by a Redcoat and pe- there were riots. That followed that, and um, in this particular case with the Boston Massacre, the colonists were throwing snowballs at the redcoats, and one of the redcoats fired into the crowd, and um, and then that turned into you know five five deaths from the from the massacre. So we're in. I'm just saying we're in a place now where you cannot get a jury of your peers in certain places, and that was not even the case before we went to war with England. So it's it's just remarkable and it's it's sad. It's remarkable in a sad way. Um, but I'm glad that you're out anyway and you know, um but I do see people uh I I don't remember his name. He's a YouTuber and he tried to he he wanted to face a judge instead of a jury or something like that. And there's just there's a lot of those cases where he's like, Well I'm innocent and I'd be like, why on earth? You know, I believe in the justice system. Why on earth would I would I be guilty? You know, I I'm not so we're seeing a lot of that, and we're just seeing them get the book thrown at them. We're seeing, like, parading is the big one, parading. And that carries a year max, and we're seeing people in prison for that long before they're even charged, or before they're even convicted of, of parading, you know? And it's they're throwing the book at everybody. They're extending to...
5: Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? They offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply.
1: As, as far as they can with any charge that can possibly reflect it, like with you, with theft, and you didn't steal anything, you know? So it's, it's to make you all look as guilty as possible, to teach you a lesson, and it's a perp walk, really, so that nobody ever tries to challenge the deep state again.
2: I mean, that's absolutely correct, and, you know, to your point, I mean, we are seeing not just, we're, we're definitely seeing a bifurcation of, of where people live. We're seeing states get deeper red and deeper blue. And people are, they are moving to places where they know they won't be prosecuted. These cities that have DAs that have such a prosecution, I mean, what was it, the, uh, the guy in Kentucky who
4: diddled a baby uh-huh. will serve less time than I will. Yep. He got a 6 months
2: deferred sentence. As long as he doesn't, I guess, touch kids, he won't even have a criminal record.
1: Yeah, they and lit him off. It was a, he had a hundred, hundred thousand dollar bail and they dropped it to five thousand, told him he had to register as a sex offender. He, he molested a little baby girl and, and got completely off, you know, and this is, it's these dual sentencing, it's, it's demoralization. It's meant to demoralize us. We're meant to look at it and say, what the fuck? Like, why on earth is this being prosecuted and this isn't being prosecuted? And it's, it's sad. It's a sad state of affairs that we're in. Well, I think they're having a hard time propping up false flag events people are becoming
4: more intelligent we can speak we warn each other now and i tell people that i I get invited to come to things
2: in dc all the time and i say look i would love to go there and be a part of a protest but all it takes is one asian provocateur and then all of us will be arrested again mm-hmm. dc is not a place that i recommend protesting anymore i don't that city is lost it is yeah it's completely so captured. how do we how do we debate how do we how do we combat that you know, in a, in a legal sense, how do we do that? And I think what we have to do is focus on our local communities, focus on our local law, and make sure that we're putting people in place that are putting people who diddle babies in prison, mm-hmm. other than people who are exercising their first amendment rights.
1: Exactly. They they so there's a lot of grievances in the Declaration of Independence. There's 27 of them, and we are reliving many of them right now, including a two tier justice system, including mock trials for I mean with them it was mock trials for the Redcoats who were harassing and hurting people and you know we don't even get mock trials these people don't even get go to prison there's there's nothing they're not even faking it Um, so so a lot of these a lot of these events from that led us to our revolution are happening now they're unfolding now again And, and and that's I say a lot we're in a worse place now than we were after or right in the years leading up to the Revolutionary War, it's it's insane. Um.
2: I'm at a place now where we are we are in recovery. We are we spent a lot of time debating if we were going to speak, if we we're going to continue to be someone who stood up and said this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way I look at it is, there are people that are in prison for a lot longer than I had to go. There are people who shouldn't be there. And as long as they're there, I have a responsibility to keep speaking on their behalf. These sentences that we've seen the Proud Boys get, I mean, they're death sentences. Mm-hmm. For for all intents and purposes, that's what they are. They have, they have killed these men. They have put them in prison so long that they will not be able to raise their children. Their children will not know their, their parents. And their families will be broken. And I have a responsibility to make sure that their voices aren't silenced. Their voices are still being heard, that we still, we don't forget about these people.
1: No, I agree with that. When that sentence came down, it it broke my heart. And, I mean, it was Vivek Ramaswamy who said he promised immediately that he would um, pardon these people. And I believe that's what Donald Trump should do day one in office, um, is is pardon these people and even wipe out past sentences like yours. Wipe that off your record. Um, This what happened is egregious. And, I mean... We have X now. We have a free speech outlet now. If we had something like that during January 6th, I, I think a lot of this wouldn't have happened because we would have been able to talk about it. We would have been able to spread the word and say, get out of there. This is dangerous. You know, yes. um, so so it just takes one pillar of freedom like X, one pillar of, of, of speech to be able to take down communism. Communism is weak and it's fragile. That's why it fails every single time. But you have one outlet that 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 weakens it. And, and that's how you beat it. Um, some of the grievances that we're reliving, though, um, I, like I said, there were 27 of them. So four of them regard the captured courts. Two of them regard a 2 tier justice system. Um, one of them was the government putting their interests above the people. And we're seeing that like today, Elon Musk is doing a space with the government trying to fund Ukraine, even though nobody wants that, and trying to impeach any president that says... I, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this. We're not gonna keep funding Ukraine. So and I mean and then like the government waging war against the people. It's the twenty-third grievance. Taxation without representation didn't even hit until the seventeenth grievance. So we're really reliving the worst days of our country. But you know, something to think about too with our country. We are, by measure, a very young country. And this is almost like we're in our teenage years of a country. Like we're we're two hundred and fifty years old or whatever most countries are thousands of years old so yeah <laughs> so we're, we're we're in our adolescence right now as america so yeah we're gonna make mistakes we're gonna fuck up um it's just about how we recover that's gonna show our character
2: i think so and i think a lot of people are also you know are slow learning how bad things actually are and maybe how things haven't always been maybe the greatest uh it wasn't until 2002 the supreme court decided that we shouldn't execute people who are mentally you know challenged Mm -hmm. so the court system may have not always been the most perfect thing in the world but it's definitely not getting better right Mm
1: -hmm. so i can look at this objectively and say that there's always been problems but are we are we investing in people we voting for people are we getting people in office who are trying to make it better or are we just selling out to the corruption that's there Yeah, it's definitely a bottom-up approach. So if anybody's looking to change the world, you start locally, you start with your school board, you start with your select board, you start uh, with your sheriff's office, and you get into local offices, and then from there you get up into your state offices. You might run for a state-level delegate or state representative and then from there that's when you start to run for state representative for uh, on a federal level in your congress and in senator and that's how you that's how you make changes you got to start at that small level because a lot of the crap that happens in our country now a lot of the infiltrated marxism for instance is due to the school boards it's what they've allowed into our schools that's infecting our children because. That's what revolutions do. They target your children first and so that's where they're going to infiltrate first is the school board. So if you want to really change the world, you got to go sit on that boring ass board, the school board and and make your changes there.
2: Yes, and this is not a this is not a four-year battle we're we're waging, right? This is not a one president gets in, everything gets better. This is a decades-long push. This is us being consistent, this is us being patient, this is us being Just every day waking up knowing that it's not going to get fixed in a day. We have to continue to show up. We have to continue to persevere.
1: The communists have been trying to infiltrate our country for 80 years. And they were patient and they were measured. And they made it through McCarthyism. And and they pushed through and they, they started at a small level and they got into the small offices, and now they are heads of every single establishment and institution in our country short of the Supreme Court. They are in there, but they're not the majority in there, and it's the last institution holding our country together. So that's... If one thing that the communists do well, it's that they organize and they mobilize and and they know how to get shit done, and that's, if anything, we can learn from them. The only thing we can learn from them is, is, is how to infiltrate a country because we need to infiltrate our own country to get it back
2: exactly i always say that um conservatives have convictions
4: and liberals have marching orders we have a supreme court justice who will not
2: define what a woman is because her people have told her we don't do that right now Mm -hmm. that is how strictly they adhere to their policy and adhere to their people
1: we have morality we have consistent standards and that's why we have this level of well this is wrong this is right you know we know what to do we, we have boundaries we have a moral code communists don't have that that's why they're able to to do cuz cuz their moral code is whatever's going to push the revolution forward and that's ever changing and impossible standards that they can never fully meet but as long as they stay with them as they change then then that's okay and that's that's how it's going to get them through so that's why you know we can call out their Hi- hypocrisy anytime we want and we do it we do it all the time but it doesn't make a difference because they are hypocrites because that's how you move the revolution forward you have no set moral standards you just need to keep moving it forward however however that is and it's inconsistent
2: this is it i mean it was the uh, special counsel that came out and said biden's functionally retarded <laughs> so we can't be tried for crimes right
1: yeah i had I a
6: viral tweet think, yeah, about that <laughs> How do you tell someone on the left, listen, this is the deep state just saying,
2: we're gonna stay in control and we're just showing you that the presidency is not real. Mm-hmm. We are running things. If you explain it to a liberal, you get one of two responses. One, they're gonna say, sure, that's fine. As long as we stay in power, we win mm-hmm. because they feel like they're winning. And the other will say, no, the DOJ is obviously not deep state because they said mean things about the president. <laughs> but either way, you cannot move the line with these people, you cannot.
1: Because they're not willing to—they're not willing to budge. They have their marching orders. Yes, I agree. Would you like to take some questions from the audience? Yeah, I'd love to. Awesome. All right. So I do have a few in the wings, but if uh, anybody's interested in asking Adam a question, you can go ahead and request to be a speaker down there at the bottom, and I will make you one. And then when you're ready to ask your question, you can go ahead and raise a hand. That's the heart with the plus sign and all the way to the right, there'll be a hand and you hit that. Um, I might call on you when your hand isn't raised, but that just kind of helps people not be interrupting and and things. And remember that you are to respect my guest because disrespecting my guest is disrespecting me and I will kick you out because I run my spaces like a dictatorship. Just so we are 100% clear.
2: Um, hey, hey, Josie. Okay. Hey, uh, lecturing guy. Yeah. So uh, God bless. Thank you for putting the space on.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I just wanted to ask, is there a way we can donate to uh, like the J6ers that are still going through stuff?
4: I'm really happy you brought that up. Thank you so much. So tomorrow I'm having a conversation with a handful of attorneys that are helping me set up a 501
2: C3. What I do right now, if you're not aware, is I sell little lecterns and I pay for them out of pocket. I build them. I'm a carpenter. And 100% of the proceeds go towards families who have parents who are imprisoned so we can help feed some of their kids. Um, I know there's a lot of opportunities out here. I know uh, Mel's in here right now. Hey, Mel. Uh, she's a great person to talk to, Mel Harvey. There's a lot of places out here this, but as far as what I'm doing is I'm getting a shop started up. And 100% of everything outside of what it costs to build these things will go directly to the families. We're looking at about three or four months before the shop's up and running. But if you just uh, pay attention and just, you know, follow the page, you'll do updates on that. I think the last lecturing that we put up for auction went for almost $1,300. It is going towards the family of um, Rachel Powell. She has eight children. She had a almost five-year sentence for breaking the small window.
4: That's horrific. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks for asking. That's a great question. Thank you. Um, And Adam, if you have a link or anything to a way to donate, um, you can drop it in the comments down there in the purple. I'll be
2: putting up the next lectern for auction tomorrow. So if you guys uh, come to the page tomorrow, come to Josie's page, this space, I'll post a bunch of places. You'll see where the auction's going.
1: Perfect. I'll retweet that, blast it out. Uh, Let me see. Uh, D Marshall, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, um, I appreciate it. Hey, I, I was just
3: curious, like, um, you know, you're, you're obviously a very funny, man. And, um, I, I appreciate your posts so much, especially the one about the, uh, you know, I saw my ex and it was kind of weird. So it's something like that. It was very, very, very funny. I mean, I laughed for, um, qu- quite a while and I, I showed, I showed some people at the, uh, I do these vigils for J6ers, and I've done a few of them here around Texas and um, at the different prisons. And, um, you know, all of the J6ers that were there, they loved that. They, they just found it so funny. So thanks for bringing humor. You know, there's a lot of things to be uh, very sad about, but, um, you know, thanks for bringing humor and all this. Um, I was just curious, like, when you, you know, you were in there and you, I mean, like, did you have some, like, what was the whole thing with the lectern? You just decided that was the best thing, just a good for a
4: picture, or what was the deal with that? Uh, I thought it was great for a photo opportunity, just
2: a prop for a photo. i had actually never been to the Capitol before, and I saw this thing sitting out there, and I thought, man, this would be a great picture. I knew it was a historical day, so I carried it out, and I just took a picture with it. The uh, photographers who were there, I noticed them and smiled. In ways because I'm a polite person, you know, and uh, that's the end. Int- There's not much to it. Like, it's actually odd uh, how much came from this. Um, where, whereabouts in Texas do you do these vigils? Uh, shoot me a private message. I'm actually going to be in Texas
3: in a few weeks. I would actually, if I have some time and I'm in a location, I'd love to show up to one. Yeah, I'll send you a message. And if you, um, you know, if you're somewhere and you want to do one, I, I'd be happy to, you know, possibly uh, think about coming to where you are and we can go outside one of the prisons and um, and hold the vigil. I know there's people that love, um, we don't have huge crowd, but there's people that love coming out. It's not
2: about um, that. We're two or more gathered, buddy. We're two or more gathered. Yeah, that's right. Not
3: about the crowd side. Yeah, I'll send you a DM. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Dee. Huey, go ahead.
3: Hey, Josie.
2: Hey, Adam. I, uh, we're all Florida residents here, mm-hmm. and, uh, both to your points. Uh, and it's a little bit off topic, but Adam made the point a little bit earlier that you, you act local, you've you got to do your local thing to, to build the grassroots. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, things that
4: my wife and uh, Josie are familiar with, my wife, a little bit, I think, Lone Gun Girl, she talks about the UN Agenda 2030 and their whole conscription. I would call it a conscription. It's uh, their their agenda
2: is to think globally, act locally. And the counter to that is exactly what both you guys have said. We need to act locally. Mm -hmm. And we need to counter that 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 agenda that they have. And as we know the the agenda twenty thirty is not unlike what is being done in D C courts. It's just that I mean it, it definitely has a magnetism that draws people closer as well. So like I said, states are getting deeper red, deeper blue. I think if we create these local communities where we see higher graduation rates, we see lower crime rates, we see, you know, lower instances of, of child trafficking, right? We're going to then have more people come to our communities, which will have the added benefit of growing the community financially, right? So all of this is a is a great push absolutely we have to counter the uh, u.n agenda 2030. They, they, their their agenda is you know we have to counter it and we have to act locally and build the grassroots build it up and, and destroy that that monster that is trying to take us over and we all know it's communism so thank you for letting me speak and hey dude i live a couple exits now from you i'd love to get together sometime but i know you're busy shoot me a DM. Them. I'm
1: down there every few weeks.
2: Thanks, you. I will. Thanks, guys.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Grump, go ahead.
3: Oh, my goodness. I'm fanboying just a little bit. <laughs> Adam is like my hero because sometimes you just have to take a stand. <laughs> and uh, the beautiful part about it is that in following um, his, uh, his, his ex-platform uh, here for some time now, uh, the inspiration that, it, that that he provides, you know, for men to actually, like, you know, be active and, and present in the family is just, it's even more inspiring than, you know, that that little act of civil disobedience that just, I'm telling you, man, I'm fanboying right now. Uh, obviously, an incredibly
4: crafted, or uh, incredibly talented craftsperson, um, I've seen that he did a, a guitar
3: display that uh, inspired my drawings up. I still haven't done it yet, but I'll get to it. But a question for you, Adam, is um, I'm currently working out a song that I think I'd like to call Sometimes You Have to Take a Stand. Would you be willing to uh, do a cameo or co-write with it and any
2: proceeds of that? also go towards the charities. So I'd have to know what software you're using. Um, I'm sure there's a way I can record a part or something you can wear in. Uh, I, I do, but I play lots of instruments. So if you have a, uh, a file or whatever, shoot me a DM. Let me know what you're recording with and maybe we can
3: make something work. That sounds great. I'm also in the Treasure Coast, so if you're ever down this way, I'd love to have a little barbecue and a beer with you. Barbecue and, and whiskey, we'll make
2: it a thing. <laughs>
1: Perfect. Thank you, Grump. A lot of Floridians here. I'm loving it. Uh, let me see. Royzen, go ahead.
7: Thank you. Um, red headed the, the
4: libertarian.
1: Tipper, I'm yep. Yeah. I'm probably
7: saying it wrong. I'm West Belfast, Northern Ireland. Welcome. Um, Follow you is very, very, very closely. I don't believe there was ever an insurrection to begin with. I am appalled at the. The sentences that these men have been given, absolutely appalled. It just reminds me of um, the troubles here in Belfast. My father was one of the same, um, arrested without any charges, without doing anything, kept in jail for years uh, before getting out. Um, it, it's just disgusting what's going on. I just um, really want to ask everybody to reach out to anybody whose address they can get a uh, hold of. If anybody in jail, I put one down in the bubble below of a man called Enoch Burke. He is a Catholic uh, Christian teacher who has been in, in jail now for two years and it was to do with trans, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> trans- transgenderism. Um, this boy was a boy one day and a girl the next day and kept changing his mind and changing his pronouns and teacher just didn't buy into it all so the uh, the irish southern government have have him in jail now over two years and if any any support via a letter a book a message a postcard anything can come to lift this man's spirits he's he's a god fear and believing man um if it can come from this group it'd be greatly appreciated greatly appreciated um he could have got out many a time but He stands by his convictions um, and he won't renege on what he believes. So I've I've just so much respect and dignity and all the rest for him. Um, Equally, I love Tim Cass, Tim Poole, Tim Cass IRL, all the shows he does. I've watched him over the past probably nine years and I've seen him changing position because the world has lost the plot. It really has lost the plot um this is only for me there's only two genders there's male and female and then there's mental disabilities in between that we shouldn't uh shun or make, make fun of or whatever um but i don't think it should be in men or women's sports i really don't consider enough. so many grandchildren in them mm-hmm. um but i'm rooting big time for the usa because i think these are in like serious trouble and what happens are it, it stifles down to what's happening here so i'm very very interested as in the trajectory that you think is are going especially on the back of the the tucker Carlson interview uh where does that leave you what do you what where do you think you're going what's happening at, at the texas border you know tell us on the outside because we're not getting nothing from mainstream media we're relying on you guys to tell us so that we know what's going
4: on. I'm sorry for up and on, that's, that's all I have to say. I really appreciate
2: you bringing that to the space. Um, I make a lot of jokes here and I think it's it's definitely a defense mechanism. Uh, there are so many people that are still in prison, like people that I've met who shouldn't be there, people who never deserved to be there in the first place. You know, I have I have always been on the side of, you know, criminal justice reform where people who have, like, a weekend bag of cocaine should not be taken away from their families for 10 years, and their kids being raised by the system. Um, as far as this, this um, it's a pastor or a priest teacher that you're talking about, I can tell you that what, what really helped me day to day is I, I had so many letters coming in that the... The corrections officers were angry every single night when they had to give me a handful of letters and books they actually had to send back books because they were sending them so often and so many that i couldn't accept them so we ended up having uh, our people send our books to other people in prison as well so we had you know 10 11 books coming in every couple of days and it made a difference because they took all the libraries during the COVID they took all the books they shut everything down they locked everyone inside of their units they couldn't exercise they were getting two meals a day even though they're supposed to get three they were forced to work 12 hour days it was it was not a great time but i can tell you it is the letters it is what those what was coming in that really helped us so um, if you could uh, if you have a, a link for that that you can put in the spaces in the comments i, I will personally write him a letter i would love to do that
7: I could have in the space down below, I don't want to jump over anybody or whatever. But, um, uh, uh, being in prison is nothing new to the, the whole cycle of the north of West Belfast. I mean, we've been through this from, from, certainly from, I was a child, I'm 55 now. And we've through interment, which is just arresting people for no fucking charges whatsoever. And being kept in jail for two, three, four, five, six years and losing family connections and all the rest, but what's going on with these, um, what they're calling, uh, the, you know, the January the 6th on the back of, uh, not only Tucker Carlson, but some left-leaning um, Jimmy Dore and Emmons, who put out the, one of the most, the best video that I have seen about the pipe bombs and all the rest. Uh, I mean, these people have to be held accountable and I would like to also see um, Elon Musk and X being held accountable for, you know, if you target a political person, whether it's a, an MP or an MEP or, a, you know, it's named differently in different countries, how they can ban you shouldn't be allowed. If, if you're a public uh, person to be objectified or criticised for whatever your stance is, And I, I, you know, I don't
4: understand how they're allowed to just block people. And this is what's happening in Northern
7: Ireland. And I don't know if you know that uh, Northern Ireland has more or less um, removed um, Elon Musk from Northern Ireland. He's moved now his base from here to Portugal. So it's very hard to get a voice out there.
1: Ireland's going through some really tough stuff right now. Um, It is. Yeah, I, I know in America um, you're not allowed to, like we have separate rules too, but you're not allowed to block your constituents um, if you're um, active Congress or a yeah. political leader at all. You're not allowed to block them. Um, I, I don't think that's an X rule, I think that that's a, a, an America rule. So what Elon's doing is he's abiding by the rules of each country so that each country gets a little bit of free speech even if um, they can't have full free speech like America. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's sad, but I'm, I'm really sorry that it's happening, but thank you for dropping the link down there in the comments. If anybody wants to support, uh, they can go ahead and go see it down there. Thank you, Royzen. No, no problem. Absolutely. Uh, if anybody has a question for Adam, you can go ahead and request to be a speaker down there at the bottom, and I'll make you one. Uh, let me see. Dustin, go ahead. Dustin going once. Dustin, you're muted. I'm here. Okay, Hi, you Dustin. Me? Yep. What's up? Hi, how
4: are you doing?
8: I'm a little, little new at this stuff, so That's give okay. me a minute here. So well, yeah, my name is Dustin Bailey. Um, I'm Jesus, um, Archangel Michael. I'm running for president. I plan on making my drive to Washington D.C. in two weeks. I've got four people going with me. Um, I'm trying to get a bus, but I don't know if I'm going to be financially stable enough for that right now. I'm still fighting the uh, mental health board. Well, um, so right now, the process where I'm at right now is party platform and pro- programs. So um, this, is, this is new for me. I tried
1: to make this run in 2020 against Trump. I became delusional. Because I realized then I was bipolar 1 I've been treated with, right now I'm on lithium. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dustin, do you have a question for Adam?
4: Yes, I'm yeah. actually oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm trying to figure out how I can fund money for myself for this drive. Oh, okay. Um, I I would look at your local support groups. Uh, do you have
1: family or friends where you live? Uh, they've all kind of disowned me right now. Well, I would start by trying to repair those relationships and seeing if you can't, you know, establish some bonds that may help you on your journey. Okay. Yeah. Best of luck with that, Dustin. Best of luck with all your, um, your mental health and, uh, your presidential run. Thank you. Appreciate that uh okay um jen go ahead
6: um wow it's uh it's hard to follow jesus um, <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> i'm sorry i know She's it's
4: it three days. take all
1: the you time know, take all, all the time the move, you need so. jen take all the time you need my dear
6: thank you you know it's hard to do all of that in a carpenter's gallery um, <laughs> and i were watching jan 6 live and loving it uh it was it was a crazy evening we were sharing videos we were finding during that night um because i'm from michigan and you have to remember in michigan they tried to fight the COVID laws and had a protest at the capitol and it went nationwide that uh we were killing our grandparents meanwhile the protest was actually about getting them to stop killing our grandparents mm-hmm. and our parents in the nursing home. So <laughs> Iron Law of Woke
1: Projection never misses.
6: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um. So, you know, we were already in that mindset of, okay, this is clown world, and we're just going to enjoy the show at this point. So when Jan 6 came, yes, I remember seeing the pictures of you, and I thought, yes, and more, please, and more, please. And I still, to this day, have a hard, like, I just – that and still call it an insurrection because it wasn't it was literally a thumb up you know to to the people that were in the process at the time and other people were just literally walking around because they were there it was crazy i had a girlfriend who was there she said the whole entire time she didn't even know what was going on because you couldn't get any signal you couldn't talk to anybody nobody even knew that people were going in the Capitol. so half the crowd didn't even know what was going on at the time And they're being, you know, having the FBI and everybody else show up at their house. It's just, (laughs) to this day, it's crazy. Um, And I still can't understand people who are just literally angry about it and demand that everybody still be in jail. Meanwhile, we have people who actually committed violent crimes getting out with less time. It's just, it's nuts. It's nuts. So congrats to you for being able to survive all of that. Uh, You have superpowers, sir.
2: Thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. So you're from Michigan. Are you guys still trying to kidnap your governor? Is that something you still <laughs> up to or? Well, the,
6: you know, the feds were trying to do it more than anyone else, so that's kind of weird.
2: <laughs> I heard they were passing out gift cards and stuff, you know. And listen, I know the guys that were trying to kidnap her probably weren't vaccinated. They probably didn't get gift cards, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just needed, needed a handout.
6: Yeah, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was a gift card of take a friend to get 25% off at Chili's, I think. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, uh, we, uh, we, my wife and I, uh, her name is Susie. She is she is my rock. And I can tell you when all of this happened, we uh, I came home and, you know, we obviously cried together for a good little bit. And, you know, I told her, you know, they're talking about putting me away for 20 years And I was like, you know, if you need to move on, raise these kids, you know, find someone else. I don't blame you. I done messed up, you know. And she looked at me and she said, Adam, don't be retarded. (laughs) I married you when I meant it.
1: That's so romantic. She's a very type A person. She will tell you exactly what she, well, you've met her, you know. (laughs) She's
2: she's very type A. And Mm -hmm. she told me exactly, you know, what I needed to hear. And she was here for me through all of it but it was my support system that really got me through. And I think that's why what I'm doing is trying to make sure that people do don't have support systems, you know, who just are worrying about how they're going to
1: pay their rents. I'm just trying to make sure I help them cover those gaps. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that's such important work and such an important, an important endeavor that you're doing. So, because there aren't a lot of people that, that have that, especially if they, you know, a lot of them felt lost and were like, well, you know, there's a sense of community by going to this rally. Maybe I'll feel something. And so they're alone, you know, and so what you're doing for them is very admirable. So thank you. Thank you, Jen. Uh, Let me see. Don't lie, speak truth. Go ahead.
9: Hi, thanks, Fred, for the mic. Hey, Adam, you are such a bright spot. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about one of the charges. Um, you did say that you uh, pled to the knowingly entering and restricting. Is that, is that the one, the trespass one? That is correct, yes. It's
2: glorified trespassing. Right. Okay,
9: so I read in, on two different tweets or, or posts, someone, uh, one of us, uh, J6ers, has challenged that charge because the, the government did not prove that the the individual knowingly entered a restricted area which it was only restricted because allegedly uh pence was in the building right so a lot of people had no idea he was in there because you know of course there was the bomb threat and then there was the evacuation and then they all came back but then there was a second one right so my question is I know that you can't do anything because you did take the plea, you signed with like a contract, right? But there are a lot of people like myself who have not gone to trial yet and are still facing that charge. And I'm just wondering, I haven't seen any tweets, any pushback, anything anywhere else on this trespass charge. So uh, my question is, have you heard anything about this? Have you read, uh, have, has anyone heard any more pushback on the, uh, on the knowingly entering? Uh, I, restrictions? I can answer that because I was
8: charged with it and I did the time for it. Um, the way it was explained to me is that you have to have actual, like, documented permission to go in the building even on a regular day when the, when the building wasn't shut down for commerce to meet for that confirmation like i you know i showed and guy um, that i went and got myself a pass for april thirteenth, 10 a.m 4 to legitimately go back this time because that's how it was explained to me and i understand now that the only way you can enter is by documenting your name to be entered into the building you can't just walk in even on, on a willy-nilly day where tours I, are going on. I understand what you're saying.
5: I, I understand that, um, and, and I, I agree with that. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
9: Um, as it's written, but there was actually a legal pushback. Um, this J6er uh, did not have a public defender, they were private attorneys, and they are fighting this knowingly because it's to me i think that they're trying to use this the way that they're fighting the 1512 to 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 specify that someone corruptly sure so all of this is
2: i think moot is probably the best word for it um obviously not in your case because you're still going through it uh not an attorney so not legal advice right. but the way i understand trespassing works is you have to be told to leave it leave the building right or leave a space not welcome that you have an option to leave before being trespassed right unless you clearly have something that is signed do not enter right private property so on and so it's Public property so there's that um i have visited again and i can tell you that there is a set of doors they want you to go through there is registration that you are supposed to do there is uh there is a process to going inside now if we're talking about and this is really what i think is the pertinent issue it is not so much did we trespass or not trespass, it is the sentencing guidelines they're putting for this trespass, where they typically do not send people to prison for being in a public building, for going in the wrong door nonviolently, they are putting people in prison for it. And I think that is more of the keynote issue that I I speak to, because we are normalizing these, these guidelines to be, you know, just oh good lord what happens the next time anyone shows up anywhere during a protest who does not fit in with with mainstream talking points can they also go to prison for six months for going inside of a building these things are
8: to be talking about my premise for going in was because of the kavanaugh and comey barrett confirmations that they let people in during those confirmations so i thought we were going to get that same liberty not that i thought we had this open public right to just enter, but I thought we were going to be welcomed in as this, you
1: know, Well, it's the pe- it's the people's house, you know, so yeah. why wouldn't you be extended the same gratitude as these other protesters who were welcoming into the people's house? I'm sure you know, they, they all didn't have passes. Some of those, those people passes. were charged. Some of those people were charged. So mm-hmm. um, I know with the Palestinian protests, I mean, there have been so many protests there. So, were, know, there were there so with the Kavanaugh? the the kavanaugh were they i never heard that any were charged with the kavanaugh protests in 2018. a a a
2: whole handful were charged uh, they were thrown out and given fines oh
1: okay fines okay
2: and it wasn't mass arrests it wasn't hunting people down breaking down doors and this is really what i'm trying to just really differentiate I'm not so much upset that they were upset that I was protesting, obviously they're going to be upset, right? It is what they did and how they hunted us down, it's how they threw us in prison, and that really for me is the, is the biggest talking point. You know, they're, D.C.'s got a D.C., but what D.C. did in this instance does not line up with how they typically treated protesters, and it is a miscarriage of justice. It, we're not playing by the same rule but that I think we play by.
9: That's that's exactly right. Those those people that were quote unquote arrested, they they were fined. They were they were pretty much given just a a, a traffic ticket. They got fifty dollar fines or a two hundred dollar fine. There's no record. There's no felony. There's no big court case. They're brought in. They're processed. They're released. And the processing legit was just here's your ticket. Pay your fine. See you by. And,
2: yes, and so, so I want to say it was, um, there was a, a rabbi or a priest or a pastor that was charged, and he actually brought up that in court that I just want to be able to, you know, get the same charges that the people got. And the attorneys actually brought that up that someone was arrested and the charges were dropped. They were given like a $50 fine. And I'm thinking of getting a year or two of probation instead. Well, that's good. I mean, did... that probation is dumb. I wouldn't have done that. I got, like, I talked my judge into just giving me more time so I didn't have to do supervision. Now I'm able to have my guns. Yeah, and again, they just ruled a couple of months ago, or probably six, seven months ago, my attorneys reached out to me that if you have any modicum of prison time, they actually can't give you supervision. It is, I think it's Mr. There are people now who are currently on supervised release that, that that had prison time they need to go back and appeal that because an appellate court actually already ruled on that so there's definitely stuff that should be broadcast
1: oh thank you i want to jump to the next question but thank you don't I? Uh, daniel go ahead
10: hey thanks a lot for letting me ask a question so i'm not super familiar with either of you and i haven't been in here the entire time but what i have heard was a lot about communism mm-hmm. and while I agree that communism is definitely a big part of the problem when I was a libertarian I used to be an atheist Uh, I was definitely totally against communism still am but it seems to me based on my research into these into these things uh, if you look into things like Ted Gunderson and uh, Jeffrey Epstein and these types of people like the elites the real problem isn't communism it seems to be satanism and there seems to be a spiritual battle that is taking place and i was just wondering if you would agree with
2: that i definitely agree with that and i think a lot of people don't realize that we are in spiritual warfare whether you are an atheist whether you believe in god or not or you know any that i described doesn't make a difference there is spiritual warfare and you are in the middle of it and i i think that out of the and even even the people on the side who are you know uh who don't really understand that communism is this, they're still embattled in in spiritual warfare. So people who have the best intentions, right? I know a lot of communism stems from, you know, wanting to be a nice person. You know, I just want to be good to people, but these people don't understand that sometimes when you're just being nice to someone, right? When you're just loving them, you're not treating them in truth as well. And there is a there is a there is a dual process to this. It's truth and love. And I think communism misses the whole truth part and just goes with this false idea of love.
1: Um, so a tenet of uh, Satanism is self putting yourself first. Like you are number one, and that's something we kind of all do to an extent. Uh, this goes beyond. Um, beyond any of the self-ownership of like libertarianism Uh, satanism is more the self-ownership of uh communism in that you have an entitlement to other things and so the two cross over in that regard when it comes to um when, when it comes to serving yourself over others
10: absolutely and i just wanted to bring this up because I, I feel like it's important for us to talk about what is uh, ultimately underlying all this you know because i think communism is downstream from satanism uh, you know like karl marx he talked a lot about satan if you read his writings from what i've gathered and i just wanted to see if you guys agreed with that and uh, you know it, it's so easy to get wrapped up in in politics and left versus right but ultimately we are fighting a spiritual war here and it's christianity versus basically everybody else you know that's that's what i believe anyway
1: yeah that's that's true and i mean even any time they can get satanism on the forefront like last night at the super bowl you saw ice spice doing like summoning a demon when taylor swift was having a beer um and they've done this in the past, too. They've thrown up the, the Balfameet kind of, um, you know, with the fingers. They've, they've done that at, like, award events, like the Grammys or something like that. You see it anytime time. It's, it's like uh, whatever the deep state is, that them that really push this. In the communism, the Marxism is a way to to hold control over those people. And the people who want to have the control are the Satanists. So it's, it's both for sure, and they're pushing both in a way to trap us. I definitely think, too, uh, the idea of spiritual
2: conscription, right, where you're going to have to take a side whether you want to or not. When we talk about these this evil that is coming, I mean, you are going to get conscripted into this spiritual war. You either you're going to have to choose to defend what is good, what is honorable, what is righteous, or you're going to have to join the Satanists. It that really is that. So again, whether you're a Christian or, or Catholic or Jewish, whatever you whatever you subscribe to, you are part of it. You are part
1: of it. Definitely, I agree. All right, thank you, Daniel. Um, Domessa Terraris, do you have a question? Oh, yeah, well, not right not at this
8: moment. I mean, I, I obviously want to contribute just especially mm-hmm. because of my relevancy to the subject. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't have anything at this
1: moment, so if you want to, okay. I guess, prompt, this, prompt something. <laughs> well, actually, Once it's 8 o'clock. Going- it's 8 o'clock, and I want to be respectful of Adam's time and uh, have everybody else hop over to IRL on TimCast.com and go check out over there, see what's going on 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 there tonight. But uh, thank you so much Adam for joining me tonight.
2: Thanks for having me on Josie. It's always a good time.
1: Definitely. It's been such a pleasure. Um, How can people follow you and help support you?
2: Uh, Right now I'm exclusively on X or Twitter. Um, Just give me a follow. If you really want to help out, um, I throw up auctions every couple of weeks, you know, put a bid on it. Eventually, there will be a website where, again, all of the proceeds um, after a post will go directly towards families of J6. We hope to expand that further to just children who have parents who are in prison unjustly um, on the long term. But, you know, it's going to be a follow-up and uh, have a good time.
1: All right. Thank you. And thank you everybody for joining today. Thank you to my speakers and for my guests. And thank you for the members over at TimCast.com watching live. We appreciate you supporting our work. Um, I do these spaces on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time. And they're really cool. I get to interview a lot of really cool people. So that's what's kind of my my bar. People will be like, well, what are you looking for? I'm like, I just want to interview the coolest people I know and you know it it seems to work (laughs) so so thanks for being here um and everybody take care of yourselves have a good night hop on over to irl bye
3: everyone
1: bye guys